This is a man's world, She Who Dares Wins podcast. Join me as we talk about my 12 years worth of experience in the construction industry. And I have special guests on too, who will discuss how they have survived a man's world. And more importantly, how they've thrived. Sit tight for some hopefully entertaining, inspiring and downright hilarious stories. Yes, let's get going. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, then please head over to This Is A Man's World Patreon account, where for a small sum, you can grab yourself some extra bonus podcasts and a whole load of other goodies. Plus, you'll be supporting the podcast, and that means we'll be back with more episodes in the future. I am so excited to have our first special guest on this podcast. And this week, it is the Melbourne Chippy Chick, a.k.a. Steph. Yes, Steph is a fabulous carpenter and project manager based in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome, Steph. Thank you. I'm very honoured to be a part of your podcast and I've never done one before, so I'm a bit nervous, but thank you and I feel very honoured. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. No, it's a pleasure. Um, I first came across you on Instagram and yeah, just loved everything that I saw. I thought, oh, do you know what? That's someone that I can completely relate to, someone who's out on site, who wants killing it on social media, inspiring other girls. So yeah, this is less of an interview and more of just a chat, uh, find out a bit more about you and yeah, take it from there. So first questions first, what made you want to be a carpenter? I'm very close with my dad. So he's a carpenter slash builder. Just growing up around him on his job site, I took a fund for it and I really liked it. And when I was around my teens, I, I was on his jobs a lot and he'd explain things to me and it'd be quite interesting. So I thought, hey, why not um, look into it? And a lot of my family was like, why don't you work with your dad? And I'm like, I don't know. And I was a bit like doubting the whole idea of being a carpenter. Yeah. But um yeah, one day we just sat down and we spoke about it and he said, This is what I do, this is where you will get, you can get to this point and um yeah, do you wanna do that? And I was like, I'd love to do that and so we just did a bit of research about what it takes to get there. So the first step was to do a carpentry apprenticeship because I, I wanna be a builder. So to get to that point you do need a trade under your belt so yeah yeah, so I just went in and I did it and yeah here I am awesome and and so when you started your apprenticeship were you kind of the only girl or were you lucky enough to have anyone else no you (laughs) everyone everyone else that's like yeah no it was just me (laughs) yeah it was just me and the pretty much the whole school so I think I saw one other girl in the um I think there was the furniture making so I think I saw one around there but like it was we had different weeks so I wouldn't see them again sort of thing uh-huh. so yeah I was the only girl throughout my whole carpentry apprenticeship and yeah. it was a bit hard having not having a girl to just like lean back on or talk about things yeah with yeah but I'm kind of used to that so it was I was the only girl <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm the, like, I'm the same. People ask me, they say, you know, when you've been on site, have you ever come across another a girl? And I was like, well, yeah, girls come and go on site, but 
I've never, like you say, I've never had that supportive someone there to chat with because it just doesn't happen. Yeah. But it's awesome that, you know, that didn't deter you. And I think, I'm guessing that your dad sounds incredibly supportive. So that would have been amazing, surely, to have had his backing, you know, at home as well, like egging you on and, and keeping you on the straight and narrow. And how was it having such a support dad? Do you think that's really pushed your career on? Definitely. So having him at his level and what he does to teach me everything and have the patience and knowing that it's his child's career and child's life, he puts more effort into it. Whether if you just took an apprenticeship on with, say, a stranger, that's like, all right, teach you carpentry, let's go. And, you know, if you don't learn, that's your bolt sort of thing. But having my dad being an actual builder is learning everything. So from excavations to permits to managing trades to carpentry in itself, you know, like, and those responsibilities kind of took off as I felt more comfortable in each aspect. So like I was taught a whole range of things, not just carpentry, which I find really beneficial and having dad there is really good. Like it was a bit testing at times, but like being, you know, him being a boss, I was like, hey, like, hang on, I'm your daughter. Don't treat me like that. <laughs> but then he <laughs> would then have to be the boss and, look, I'm your boss, you're my employer, you need to do this sort of thing. So yeah. it was sort of like a boundary. It's so weird because, like, now when we're at work, we're just, like, in work mode sort of thing. And yeah. it takes a lot for us to get out of work mode and to be in father daughter mode you know what I mean so (laughs) yeah it's really weird even when we go out for dinners and stuff we're like hey dad so we'll be like I've seen him all day we'll go out (laughs) it's like father daughter mode rather than work mode (laughs) so yeah No, that's cool though. That's so good to hear because I think I speak to, you know, a lot of girls who have been inspired by their dad. I just think it was a great story, you know, to follow in the footsteps. And I think there'll be a lot of girls out there inspired by it that, you know, perhaps will ask their dad the question, you know, can I follow in your footsteps? And and that's what it's all about. You know, it's been inspired by someone. You touched on the fact that, you know, your dad taught you all aspects of the job, excavations, I'm guessing like the permit side of things, the paperwork. And I, I watched a video where you talked about that you're now more into like management side of jobs. How did you find the transition? Because I transferred from being an engineer to a project manager and I was just like, oh, and this is like the worst decision in my life just because of, of like the stress of managing people and the paperwork and not just kind of focusing on my job. And I think yeah. anyone that can do that has an incredible skill and I take my hat off to them. How did you find it? Well, yeah, similar to that, actually, like with management side of things, it's a completely different job. It's like your mind's running 100 miles an hour and you always need to be about three or four steps ahead of what's happening, like what trades are there at the moment. It's really hard because I feel like it's a bit more stressful in regards to your mind not being able to relax because there's always, always something to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, with carpentry, it's kind of like when we do jump back on the tools because we do still do the carpentry when, when that time comes during the stage of the construction. Yeah. We're like, ah, oh, it's like a bit of a relief sort of thing. It's kind of <laughs> more relaxing and we're like, oh, it's so good because it's like painting sort of thing or 
playing a sport, your kind of mind just relaxes and you enjoy doing a craft. That's like what carpentry is on the tools. It's great. It's relaxing. But when you get off the tools and you start managing, it's just like, you know, your mind's just a hundred miles an hour and being on the tools compared to managing is very different. And the good thing is that we can jump from one to the other. Yeah, that's a nice thing to do. Like to yeah. jump back in and, and have the two skills. And for me, I felt like with management, it's just endless. You know, like for me, I go yeah. on a job and I'll, I'll engineer and set out certain things and then I'll come away and that job's done. But I felt with management, it was kind of, it was constant, like you said, full on, um, fast yeah. pace. Yeah, full on. Like even when you come home, you'll get a text and that might just blow everything out and you're like, what? And then you get a text <laughs> in, and you're like, oh, that messes that up sort of thing. So it's just yeah. constant, constant. You don't really relax your mind, but I guess that's like owning your own business sort of thing. When you step yeah. up in the field or, you know, you're obviously going to get places, work gets harder once you get to a certain stage. So Exactly, yeah. I think that's a, a nice way of describing it, actually. You can't progress if, if it's never going to be easy. So that's, yeah, yeah that's, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jumping back to when you're on the tools, how do you find the physical aspect of the job? So, you know, hauling stuff around and power tools, etc. You know, do you enjoy that element? Did you find it hard at the start? Is it something that's come naturally to you? I enjoy it. I don't enjoy working in the cold. Uh, that's one thing. Yeah, I, I hear you. Say. I hear you. <laughs> um, and I don't know, I complain, but the weather's not that bad. I have a lot of international followers and when I complain about the cold, they send me like, a roof full of snow and I'm like, oh, okay, I should. should yeah. <laughs> like, I don't ever complain to a Canadian when they throw you back with like exactly. minus 40. Exactly. I was like, whoa. But yeah, so physical aspect of things. I'm quite physical in regards to physique sort of thing. So I am quite strong. I do haul things around and tend to have to show the laborers how to do certain things in certain ways because... Fair enough, you do need to have a, a strong physique. And yeah. the main thing is learning how to do it in a way where you're not depending on your muscles and, you know, your joints independently. Oh, like, yeah. for example, shoveling. If there's a technique to it. If you don't do it properly, you're going to hurt yourself. Um, yeah. Lifting materials as well, like if you're carrying like a plasterboard or a big bit of timber, you need to work with the person, lift it in a certain way where you're working together and you're not fighting gravity sort of thing. So that's a good thing about it, learning how to do things as well as being physically strong. It's a half-half. That's why some guys are like, oh, how do you lift walls? How do you lift, you know, your framing? I'm like, do you ever see one carpenter lifting yeah, a wall by yeah. the way? Even if you're a guy or a girl? Like, yes. always, on the wall side, there's always two people, one on one side, and you walk up the wall together. Like, what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you on site? I guess there's always little funny things that happen here and there with my dad, but there's nothing that really stood out to me. I had, oh, there's probably two little things. Like I was cleaning up some of the units and like I've been throwing the timber down the stairwell and it bounced and just smashed right through one of the windows that had been installed. 
Um, and I was just like, oh, look, it had literally just been installed. And I'm like, shit, I... <laughs> And I've always learned in life to dub yourself in before someone else does. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just ran to my dad and I'm like, look, this has happened. And they're like, don't worry about it. So there's that. Um, That's a good one. I like a good blender. I like a good blender. Yeah. Oh, it's a bit stupid. But, yeah. Um, another one, we were just doing a renovation on a roof. And um, this is when I first started my apprenticeship. It started, like, pelting down rain. And my dad and the other worker got up on the roof to cover the house because the roof was open and it just started raining. So they jumped under the tarp and they were both just standing there with like this massive tarp around them. And I was just like pissing myself laughing. And they just looked like little nuns sitting on the roof sort of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But other than that, I don't, I don't think we have too many um, episodes where we're laughing that much because – Dad's really serious about his job and like there's like little moments where we do get to relax and enjoy, but yeah, clicks straight back to work mode. So yeah, <laughs> that's understandable. That's understandable. Yeah. Sometimes to be fair, I've worked with a lot of guys who, you know, take the light hide approach too much and you just never end up getting any work done. It's just crazy. You yeah. just like stop playing games like this is, and there's always someone that's a butt of the joke. I remember I was on one site and um, one of the bricklayers decided to, I left my car open and he decided to load my boot with every brick he could find. So oh, when I, no. yeah, so at the end of the day, I had to empty all the bricks out of the car before I, and I was just so annoyed. I got my own back on him, but I was like, this is wasted a good hour of my work. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I would have yeah. just like left the boot open and just stood on the accelerator and just let them fly out the back. Should, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what I did back, but I don't think it was as harsh as it should have been. Um, yeah, lift up. What did you do? Maybe fill his boots with water, which is really, you know, oh, not very imaginative, but. Oh, it's annoying. It would have wasted his time. He would have had to good jest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was all in good jest. What about a power tool accident? Have you ever cut close with a power tool, scared yourself, or just been like. Yeah. <laughs> Power tools are quite scary yeah. if you don't know how to use them, what to be careful with and how they do jolt back on you. When you learn how they jolt back on you, then I guess it's okay. But the first few times experiencing it, you need to experience it to learn. So I actually, when using a circular saw, I've cut through a lead whilst using it. So it just went <laughs> like the power lead completely got cut and it just, scared the shit out of me <laughs> yeah that was quite scary I guess it, like it's a hard lesson to learn with a power tool if anything you know I, I only ever use a drill mm. and it's you know it's not all the time but I think that like when the guys use steel saws on site I'm just I get really scared and it's because I've not used them I think the more you're around them the more become used to them yeah well looking at them from a distance they can look scary but once you feel it and use it and you're like oh is that all it does <laughs> it's just loud yeah <laughs> maybe maybe one day I'll try a saw yeah come to Melbourne and I'll teach you and play with yeah. all my tools <laughs> that'd be cool yeah I definitely need to extend on my tool selection as well which leads me nicely on to the support you're getting from I guess support I'm saying this like you are an ambassador for DeWalt 
Yes. Um, yeah. So, th- like, how did that come about? Is it something you know? Do they obviously you don't have to go into details of what support they give you? But is it a really good relationship for you to work with those guys? And well, I get asked this question all the time: How did you become an ambassador? How can I become an ambassador? Look, mm-hmm. I didn't do anything. I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't do anything. The only thing I did was I used Dewalt tools. They yep. obviously saw the opportunity when they came across my account uh-huh. to have me on board with them and just promote Dewalt and the uh, the Walt. Sorry, I call it Dewalt, and people laugh how I say Dewalt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they I'm pretty much I didn't do anything to attain that title. So all I did was I worked, I used Dewalt tools, and I just used them a lot, and then. I have a friend, his name's Scotty, he's in the tour industry. He had connections with um, a few reps in Melbourne. So they just said, hey, have you seen this girl's account? With the Instagram community, it's really tight and a lot of people talk to each other and, you know, share things that would um, benefit each other. So having that connection was great. And then Dewalt just contacted me and said, hey, we're looking at just having a bit of an ambassadorship going on. We get new tools. We're happy to uh, send them to you to use, review, and and all that sort of thing. So it was nothing was paid. It was pretty much just to use use the tools and I guess tag their page to just get more sort of attention to their page and just awareness. Yeah. And because yeah. some people internationally and even here, they don't know that certain tools exist. And being a carpenter and using my range of tools compared to a painter or an electrician, they don't use the same tools as I do. So some people don't even know that there's a tool range that I'm using that it even exists. So I think it's just great to cause awareness for what tools are out there and then have someone genuine to give a feedback about the tool. So I think it's great that, like you said, you weren't contacted and they say, look, hey, use our tools. It's good that you were almost an ambassador for them anyway previously. But yeah. by them jumping on board, it's, it's just made it a little bit better and that you can get, obviously, access to maybe more tools. So, yeah, it actually seems like a really cool thing. And, and I see how many more on Instagram. And I think viewers are becoming a little bit savvy towards, like, paid ads and, you know, Instagram influencers using brands that they wouldn't normally use. And with you, that's not at all the case. And I think that really shows through that, you know, you've been DeWalt from the start. So it's really cool that this brand has connected with you. And like you say, you've got a great working relationship. Yeah, exactly. That's why a lot of people are like, oh, you know, DeWalt's paying you. And oh. some people commenting, oh, you're modeling, you're getting paid as a model. And I was like, no, that's that photo that's was not- taken one on my phone as a selfie like I literally chucked it up on the tripod and took a selfie yeah number two I don't get paid from Dewalt and those photos I don't get paid for posts or anything so those photos are purely just saying look how much I love Dewalt and I'm proud of my tools someone did comment and it kind of ticked me off and I was just like you know what I'm just going to put a video up and explain to everyone my situation the thing is with Instagram as well, people think that if you've hit a certain amount of followers, you need to hit a certain level of, I don't know, posts or quality of things. But yeah, I think like my technology and cameras and things might increase because like I'm obviously using Instagram and taking photos more, but I'm not going to change. I'm just going to stay the way I am. 
because obviously that's what people love. They love my genuineness. They love who I am and what I do. So I'm not controlling the people that push follow on my page or that comment or like my stuff. So I just wanted to explain to everyone that I'm not always going to be showing me on the tools or little demonstrations of architraves and fix things and because I'm not doing that all the time, you know what I mean? I can repost the same video, <laughs> but it's not going to be very entertaining. Yeah, so I pretty much just explain to people that don't judge me or what I do on my page and if you don't like it, just unfollow me. <laughs> so no, that is the advice. That is the greatest. And I, to, even today I, on YouTube, I had like some guys make some comments. Like I'm not just focusing on guys here, but it was a guy that made a comment and he was like, oh, you should just like not talk as much and actually show us the engineer. And I'm like, nobody wants to see me put in a stake in the ground with a lot like, and, and I just felt, I felt justifying. Yeah. I was like, well, that day I wasn't doing a huge amount of engineering. And then I was like, I, I came back and I was chatting to my husband and I was like, I'm doing this to try and inspire girls to get into the industry, not to show a guy how to engineer. And he was like, well, yeah. why? Like you have to just, and I was like, I don't feel like I have to just fight. But then sometimes I do feel like I want to scream. <laughs> I'll be like. Yeah, people no. like, don't let it get to you. And it's like, how can you not? This <laughs> is your passion and you're working. Like, oh, you never show the end result. I'm breaking a wall down. What end result do you want to see? The last brick? Do you want me to show you the last brick? <laughs> oh, my God. Like some people like, oh, yeah, you're doing that, but we didn't see the end result. And I messaged someone. I'm like, look, do you want me to send you the address and you can contact the real estate agent and go visit <laughs> were built. <laughs> Is that what you want? <laughs> I just, I don't think people like, I mean, we could spend hours talking about trolling, but like, yeah, yeah YouTube seems, I think Instagram is a little bit safer because I, we have, I imagine you have the same, like people that will back me up. But with YouTube, like I've had comments where, you know, I've posted a video and someone's just put, show us your tits. And I'm like, I don't know, what, I don't know what to do with that. I really don't know what to do with that. Like, okay, um, this is not... I, and I just have to laugh at the end of the day because yes. it's the ones that do get through and the encouraging emails from girls that I'm like, hey, yes, you can join the industry. I'm glad my videos helped you. But you're right, it's a cra- social media is a crazy world. It is, yeah. My dad's like, how do you deal with that? I was like, um, some of them I just don't care about. Like, you yeah. know, when, when it's... But when it's someone that has been following you for ages and then they turn on you, that's more hurtful rather than the trolls and the people that have fake accounts and all that. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) who are you sort of thing. But, um, yeah, some of the people that have a bit of backing and that, you know, would mean something to you that when they say things then that would be a bit hurtful. But as it is, this is what we're doing. We're doing it to benefit others and ourselves. And if people want to come around and comment and do that, it's pretty much just a reflection of themselves. You know exactly. what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of the girls cop it. Like, you know, with the Trady Lady Club, um, we all like on each other's pages and stuff. So, when someone comments, like, someone else will just jump in and, like, and then girls will cop it as well. And you'll see that it's like the same fake account. So, it's clearly someone that's jealous or. Yeah. They've yeah, got Yeah. Yeah. Not let it get to you, but it's like the one in 50 that do get to you. <laughs> and then you just blow up. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm such an argumentative I'm like I've got to have the last word and my husband's like delete what you're typing right now sleep on it and I'm like okay good good advice 
<laughs> you just led nicely really into the lady tradie. Yeah, so the Trading Lady Club pretty much started, oh, I don't know exactly when it was now, but um, so just on Instagram, um, we started following a few of the girls I just made some friends with. And then we joined a little, I created a, a group chat on Instagram. So started adding more girls to that. And then it gets to about 30 girls before you can't add any more people to it. Okay. So there was a few like, oh, can I be a part of it? Because I was putting it on my story. I'm like, hey, um, if you want to be a part of the Trader Lady Club, DM me. So I just started getting, you know, bigger. And then from not knowing one female tradie for six mm-hmm. years <laughs> to knowing, like, so many. And they're all in, like, a lot of them are in Melbourne. A lot of them are carpenters. Oh, wow. It was just crazy. And I'm like, what's happening? Like, like we're all in hiding sort of thing. We're all in like, this little <laughs> And then from there, I created the Facebook page, which is Trader Lady Club Australia on Facebook. So from there, I've just got a little questionnaire, are you a female? And have you, you know, been a part of an apprenticeship and you're in a qualified trade? So from there, it's just gone. I think there's around 300 members at the moment. Um, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, so it's, it's growing quite rapidly and the girls are just so grateful and we just have little events here and there. We had one in Melbourne and that was at a Total Tools shop and we have a, a connection there with them where we just have barbecue sort of things. So we bring a lot of people around there and they host the barbecue for us. So it's just been awesome. Like when we all first met the first time, we were just like over the moon, like little kids. Like we were all alike. We all had something really big in common and it was so beautiful to share that with all of us because yeah as I said it's been six years and not having someone to just rant about our jobs to each other and understand <laughs> yeah. what we're talking about like <laughs> I have I've, I've had girlfriends and I'm like oh you know today I've uh, got the saw and, and they're just looking at me with a blank face like I do yeah. not know <laughs> what you're talking about am I supposed to laugh now or I don't know have some girls to talk to that were on the same page and share the same passions. So, yeah, it's really good and I really hope to grow that and just spread. It's going really well and I want to do some more around Australia. So mm-hmm. we're having one in Sydney on the 30th of March, so we'll be travelling down there to hold one for the girls that are in Sydney. Oh, awesome. And, and I've also got like a GoFundMe page at the moment where I'm funding toward these events. So girls that are around Australia that can't make it, I put towards their flights and travel to get down there so that oh, we can, because wow. a lot of girls are like, oh, they're not in Melbourne, they're not in Sydney, but they want to be there and they don't have, you know, the funds to, you know, spend the two, three hundred dollars to get down. And so that's why I really aim to just put towards that, just have us all as a massive community and all, obviously, you stand together, people see you more and women are just like, wow, I want to be a tradie or wow, I can finally do it. They're doing it. I can do it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a really good move. 
Yeah, that's what it's all about. And that's incredible that you're doing that. And I think I'm starting to see more and more like initiatives popping up, you know, even if it's just through social media, they kind of have a little bit of responsibility that we're inspiring the next generation. And I always question, you know, am I being too honest with my story? And that's why I wanted to do these podcasts was because, you know, hopefully I can connect with women all over the world and we've all got stories to tell, but it's just nice to have a chat and be like you say, you know, I've talked to my friends about portaloo problems and they literally look at me gone out and they're like, I don't know your world right now. Or, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but someone else does. <laughs> and then they're horrified and I'm like, oh God, no. <laughs> it's another world and yeah it's a world that some of them can't comprehend but they love hearing the stories talking about you know inspiring the next generation of girls I always like to get into like nitty gritty stuff and I get asked questions all the time quite common ones that come up so I'm just going to bat a few up to you and uh, see what your take is do you find it difficult to manage men? Not really. I find it difficult because they obviously look at me as a female. And to men, most men, females just get emotional and carry on too much sort of thing. So I feel like when I am talking or trying to bring a point across that they're looking at me in that way. Okay. And I'm like, hang on, like I'm not. I'm just so what I've learned is to literally just be straight to the point, yeah. say what needs to be said, and that's it. I don't beat around the bush about it. Don't get emotional about it. Like mm-hmm. an example, we had a unit that was completed and had been bought by somebody. They purchased it, and then they hired a building inspector to inspect the faults in the house before they handed over and paid for it. So they'd hired a professional. The professional has come in, and they obviously know what they're doing. So they come in, they put little stickers on things that have errors. So one of the main errors that was reoccurring in pretty much every room was the painting. And the paint, as noted on the inspection, was starving. So the walls were starving of paint. So there wasn't enough paint on the walls. So you could clearly see through the paint and still see a slight colour of the plaster, which uh, plasterboard, would you guys call it there? Yes, we do, yeah, yeah. And you know where you join the plaster, there's like a white line and you could uh-huh. still see that, right? So I'm just like, this needs to be repainted and you need to go pretty much in every room and repaint it. It doesn't meet standard. And then he's like, okay. So we make a booking, I come unlock the unit, comes there, paints, the same thing happens, inspector comes out, puts stickers back on, and at this stage, you're obviously frustrated. <laughs> so, so the same things occurred. So then I'm like, hey, this wall needs to be painted again. And he's like, I painted it seven times. And I'm like, I don't care how many times you painted it. <laughs> I painted it 75 times. It needs to be painted again. <laughs> like, so... I got a bit of, you know, oh, she's a smart ass and this and that. Like it's it's hard to try to keep your cool managing an older person, an older man specifically yes. you know, when we're in that industry. Because yeah. they look at you like, oh, she's smart, she's got attitude. But the main thing is as a female and being in a male-dominated industry 
is to not get too emotional. So if there is something that's really amping you up or even something that's making you upset or if you're in the heat of an argument, try to just cool it off. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe just nod at them, go take a toilet break, have a soup in the toilet or whatever. Just try not to show too much emotions at work. I know that we're very emotional, but that's our weakness. Yeah. And guys will feed off that. I feel like guys will feed off our emotions and our weaknesses. So when you are in a heated argument or if there's something we're trying to manage someone and it's just not working, don't argue, don't scream, don't show your emotions and just try to pull off and come back to the situation when you're more relaxed. Yeah, when you're level-headed. No, I think that's that's amazing advice. Um, I completely agree with you. Sometimes it's so easy to tip yourself over the edge by getting caught up in the moment. So, yeah, that's an awesome bit of advice. You know, I get questions, how do you work with men? How do you manage men? And uh, and then I'm like, I always have to say, okay, yes, you know, it does become difficult. It is predominantly a man's world. But there are so many positives from working with guys that I think have enabled me to progress. And I've learned things from guys like not how to not be emotional. And, and if you've made a mistake, how to just get over that and carry on. If you learn anything from working with guys that you perhaps might not have learned if you'd worked in, a, in an area or a job where there was just predominantly women. Yeah, well, I can pretty much say... I've done both. So I I did work for five years in um, sales, customer service, office environment before I started my apprenticeship. So I was around females a lot in the office, young girls. And I'd like to say that I prefer working with men (laughs) because (laughs) I'm not the type to sit and talk about boyfriends and cheating on me. Yeah. Um, Me and then he, like, I can't deal with that stuff. So (laughs) um, for me, I enjoy working with men and it is, it's very blunt and yeah, you can't be 100% the way you want to be. You have to have like guidelines, like you have to boundaries sort of thing. So yeah, it is different, but it does teach you how to have a thick skin and to get over things. Like if I start getting upset about something, my dad's like, what are you upset about? And I'm like, oh, obviously I'm upset for something. Like, um, and he's like, why are you getting upset? You know, get over it. It's fine. Yeah. And then and then like it would be like, Yeah, true, like it just make me wake up sort of thing and you can't get upset. When you're on in a male dominated industry, you pretty much can't get upset. You can but like not publicly because people will just then look at you like, Oh, it's a girl, she's probably got a period or something like yeah, that. Or, yeah. It's refreshing it Do you not feel like I think I find it quite therapeutic that I love the fact that guys let things go. Like someone can really drop yeah. the ball on a job or or even like I've seen fist fights happen and then two minutes later those guys are back on the tours together. And I'm like, this is crazy, but I like it. If you know yeah. what I mean, I don't like the fist fights, but, but the whole idea that you just, you know, and I don't want to say, I don't want to typecast and say girls hold on to things, but I think sometimes we maybe yeah. do. And guys just don't, not all guys, but most guys just seem to let things go and I love it. Yeah, it's definitely a lot easier to work with men. Yeah, I find it's really easy. It's not, yeah, like you said, they just let go of things and move on to, they don't like drama, I found. Yes. I find. Yeah. Like if you ever bring up a topic where it's leading to gossip or anything, they really brush it off. They just, yeah. they're just not into it. Yeah. They're into getting their work done, getting home and, and relaxing or having a beer. So whatever gets them to that point easier, they, they'll go with that, you know what I mean? So 
They don't like drama. They don't like all that sort of stuff. So they do get over things a lot quicker and it's, it is quite refreshing to work with, especially when you've gained the respect from them. You know, once you've gained their respect and they know who you are, they're super nice and they're super um, easy to talk to and work with. I get questions from girls and they're saying, you know, I do get emotional. I do take things to heart. Is this the industry for me? Can I learn and change and adapt? And then I sit back and say, yes, of course you can. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I don't know. Is there just a certain type of us that can make our way? How do you feel about that? It is a difficult question because it's not really one aspect that you can just nail it on the head and be like, yeah, you've got that. Yes, you can do it. It's a big collaboration of things that you need to be a tradie because one day it may be really smooth and easy, but then there'll be maybe once in a month where something's really crazy and you you need to be able to pull yourself together. So it's not really a direct answer, yes or no, but you do need to be a special, like a, a woman, a typical woman, we do cross the boundaries of, you know, like a portaloo sort of thing. Yeah. Like, some women will look at that and be like, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> no way. That's what happens. Yeah. Been like, it's either that or you, you're going in your pants, you know? There's those things. There's grabbing the shovel. you got blisters. You just laugh at it. Keep going. Um, you're bleeding. You just wipe it on your sleeve. You keep working. Yeah. Um, just those sort of things. Not every woman can do it. Some women like having the nails done, clean, all those sort of things, which uh-huh. you can have when you're on the tools, but they last you probably a week, you know, yeah. rather than, yeah. you know, so different aspects. It, it's an ongoing battle, I feel, with um, female tradies that they feel very masculine whilst at work. Yes. And that's yeah. why like, on the weekends, you know, we'll try pamper ourselves, make yeah. up a little bit of a girly thing here and there just to feel we are women sort of mm-hmm. thing. So we're kind of forced to be men in a way to do the job. Yeah. If someone looks at you and you're full on dolled up, hair extension, nails, and they're like, how do you work like that? How do you yeah. possibly work and get the work done properly, efficiently when you look like that? Some women that fight even emotional, um, like a lot of anxiety, depression. There's a few girls on Instagram that I'm friends with that that are facing that, that are in the trade, that don't have a job, that are searching for jobs. They're halfway through their apprenticeship and it's fallen through and they really want to be there and they're trying. And they're asking me and I'm like, you know what, just keep going. It will happen. You know, if you want it to happen, it will put it to the universe. It'll come back to you and it will happen, you know, just hang in there. Yeah, it's uh, there are many things that you can learn over the years. Um, I think back to when I started when I was 21 and I just thought everything was amazing and the grass was green. And then over the years, you become exposed to different situations. And it's all for the greater good, though. I think I've become a stronger character. And like you say, I think now back to with someone that's coming out of an, or going into an apprenticeship and I think, wow, that is daunting at that age because I didn't really know myself, let alone be thrown into a world where it is a little bit dog eat dog. So, yeah, I think if you are quite a tough personality, it's a great starting point to then learn all the other tools to help you succeed. Yeah, it's nice to hear that. It's a very similar viewpoint that I have as well.
we have covered so many awesome aspects and, and it's really inspiring. Uh, I think you're a great advocate for women in the trades. I just want to kind of wrap it up with what advice would you give any woman either going into the tools or entering, I like to say, a man's world? What advice would you give them to survive and thrive? I would say that what you're doing is you're doing it because you want to do it and because you you love what you're doing. The thing I would recommend or give advice about is don't picture yourself as a girl. When you're working, pretend you're a boy. Because if you really, really focus on the fact that you're a female and what gender you are during the time that you're working, it's going to then impact you more. So if you just clear that from your mind and focus on the task that you've got in front of you and just work and do it properly, it won't matter what gender you are. If you're doing something just as good as someone next to you, it doesn't matter if they're male or female, you're doing your job. And I feel that if you focus, I'm a girl, I'm a girl, if you keep focusing on that fact, then it's going to impact you more and probably come out to a lot of people around you and you'll stand out more. So don't worry about if you're a male or female or that you're in a male-dominated industry. Don't worry about it. Try to clear that from your mind. Focus on the task, focus on your apprenticeship, focus on your job and your trade, get it done right, and then no one will have anything to say about what gender you are. Yeah, I think that's uh, very well put. I I remember once on a job when I was uh, actually moved into management and asked the guys to do something for me. And those were guys that I'd worked with for over 12 months. And there was, you know, a lot of respect for me. And we'd been working on several different projects and someone had asked them to do some work and they didn't do it. And then I asked them and they did it. And I said, well, look, why are you just doing it now that, you know, I'm saying it was, and they turned around and quite blatantly said, well, you know what you're doing. You're good at your job. And we know that if you say it needs doing, then, you know, it needs doing. And at that moment I was like, oh, okay. So now it's nothing about gender. It's now because I've just yes. shown that I can do this job and, and they respect. And I think guys do that. I think it's, it is yeah. easily done if you just put those little blinkers on. Like you said, focus on your job. Don't focus on all the other things. Because sometimes I yeah. think we think there's issues that actually don't exist. They're just in our head. Yeah. Well, listen, this has been incredible. It's been amazing to chat with you. I think so many people are going to benefit from this podcast. Thank you so much for your time and I will let you crack on and enjoy your Saturday. No worries. Thank you for having me and I hope you have a good day. You too, Steph. Thank you very much. See you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for taking the time to download and listen to this episode of This Is A Man's World, She Who Dares Wins. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you want to support the podcast, please head over to our Patreon page where you can grab yourself some extra bonus goodies. Don't forget to check out the This Is A Man's World blog where you can get show notes on every episode, where you can read exclusive blog posts from myself and check out our merchandise. It's www.thisisamansworld.co.uk. If video is your thing, then why not head over to This Is A Man's World YouTube channel. You can hit subscribe there and watch a load of videos of me out on the construction site. Or go ahead and follow me on Instagram. If you're listening to this podcast via the Anchor app, then please go ahead and leave me a voice message. I'd love to hear from you and I'll be answering all questions on a special Q&A podcast. Thanks for listening and see you soon.